How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. Um, But until we get there, uh, I am your host, Josh, and welcome to the show. Today is kind of going to be a downer episode, at least a little bit, so if you are not in the mood to kind of consume some more upsetting kind of news and or discussion, um, you know, feel free to skip this episode and maybe listen to another one, Uh, just a heads up, but so the... I believe it's the IPCC uh, just released their ecological report, which, I mean, for most of us, unfortunately, it kind of confirmed what we were already kind of fearful of, um, which is the fact that the earth has warmed quite a bit. Um, We are going to be experiencing heightened amounts of Uh, natural disasters for longer amounts of time for more intense um, kind of natural disasters we have pockets of uh, kind of air within different parts of the earth where the temperature is getting so warm that your body cannot temperature regulate which means that you can't sweat and so because of that your body overheats and uh, you'll die because you just won't be able to perspirate Um, you can take in water eat whatever but if your body's not sweating it's not able to regulate its own temperature and you will overheat Um, this is incredibly terrifying Um, but you know, I was thinking about this the other day while I was talking on the phone with my mom because, you know, she for the longest time didn't want to hear nothing about climate change. Um, my grandparents, too. Uh, they just, like, I don't know. They're evangelical. So, like, from day one, they've never been willing to, like, have discussions about, like, climate change, environmentalism, etc., etc. Um but I think it's kind of the recent times. I think really what did it was the pandemic kind of shook them to their core, made them realize that this shit is real. Um, but even still, you know, like my grandparents, my grandma, especially like, unfortunately she doesn't see, she sees what's wrong with the world, not only the environment, but also like systems which are wrong in the world. However, because of her beliefs she doesn't think anything's going to change she thinks we're just making our way towards um like the apocalypse so she's like somewhat okay with all of this which is genuinely fucking psychotic um and I you know I was thinking about when I was on the phone with my mom the other day I was thinking about the fact that my whole life, I've been aware of climate change. Like, it has been an impending doom, which I've been fearful of for most of my life, just because of my own, like, fears of death and everything like that. 
But on top of that, you know, I think that that's true for just about everyone my age and maybe even the generation before me. Um, I'm 22, so I think folks right in that range have always had to, you know, see PBS videos or hear about climate change in science class or whatever, you know, like we've all kind of been bred in a world where climate change is happening and there's nothing that's being done about it. And so like that has kind of cultivated this mindset in a lot of us where we're all quote unquote doomers. Um, Many of us are extremely pessimistic. We don't expect that things can get better. And this feeling of despair, this feeling of hopelessness, this feeling of, you know, complete... Again, I I mean, hopelessness is only the only real word for this feeling that I can genuinely come up with. It is so consuming. And I think that's why a lot of people, not only my age, but just in general... We can't be convinced of the usefulness of, you know, a system like socialism. We can't be convinced of, you know, a hope for a better world, like wherein communism could exist. We don't even imagine the end of capitalism being a possibility. I think it's in Mark Fisher's book, uh, Capitalist Realism, where he says it is more likely or or it is easier for us to believe that the end of the world is coming than the end of capitalism. And, like, that's pretty crazy because, I mean, yeah, definitely. As someone who is a communist, I can still see the end of the world coming before the end of capitalism coming. That's just, you know, unfortunately a reality that... (laughs) seems seems possible because of how fucked everything is but i think those feelings and this is what i really want to talk about i think those feelings of despair especially are heightened and intensified when we are alone and i don't mean like when we are alone for a period of time i mean like when we are isolated like for example I live in upstate New York. There is not a communist presence. That much is for sure. Um, On top of that, where I personally live is a little town which is extremely conservative. Like, I counted on my way home from work um, about halfway home. So about 15 minutes from my house. And on the way to my house, there was over 140 Trump flags still. And this is less than two weeks ago. Um, So that's the area I live in. (laughs) Um, Which makes it very difficult, you know, to organize. It makes it very difficult to know how to reach out to people, how to build connections. You know, what do you say? What do you not say? Um, Because I'm also fearful of, like, my physical safety being out kind of in this area alone because a lot of the MAGA types are your like 
white bread chud assholes who have guns and want to use them. So, you know, we're just real careful with what we say out here um, and who we say it to. But that has caused the despair and kind of hopelessness that I feel quite often to really, like, take root. Um, Because on a day-to-day basis, those feelings aren't being relieved. You know, like, I think a lot of us have to deal with the impending crisis of an ecological or an environmental collapse. Uh, A lot of us are dealing with that who are involved politically, who even just pay attention. Like, a lot of us got to live with that in the back of our minds. On top of that, because of the general system which exists, the way that we have to live our lives, you know, you and I don't really get the ability to go do things or to kind of like check out of that hopelessness for a while. We don't get to feel relief, right? I am incredibly depressed and on my way to work. Um, I have to work there for the next eight and a half hours. Then I have to come home. And after I come home, I have to clean the house. I have to do chores. Um, Which, you know, again, this is Wow, what a what a crazy life I'm living, right? But my point being that like I couldn't skip work tomorrow because like I'm so incredibly depressed. I have to go. Like I have to be there. That's how I get the ability to have the home that I have. Um this is a incredible stressor for a lot of people my age as well. You know, the fact that our jobs do not pay enough to afford apartments. Like where I live, the median price for a two-bedroom apartment is $975 a month. Now, I personally do not understand how anyone can afford that. But I can say that right now with me and my partner both working full-time, we are barely affording it. So, with that stressor, plus the stressor of ecological collapse, which I'm sure not everyone thinks about as much as I do. I have hyperfixation, so, like, I just get obsessed with certain upsetting thoughts, uh, and then they don't go away. But even still, I know a lot of people who, like, you know, you can't avoid it. You can't not talk about this shit. You can't not hear about this shit because it's what's going on across the world. And then, you know, again, this capitalist system makes us work 60% of our lives away. On a day-to-day basis, I have very little time to, like, be not stressed out. Um, And I think that that's, like, the general rule. For most people under a capitalist system, like, you gotta think, I'm talking about a reality where I'm not homeless, you know, I have a job, I'm in a car driving to work, um, I have clothes on my back, I had breakfast, you know, so, like, I'm doing good, I'm 
Um, compared to a lot of people, I'm doing good. However, I'm still incredibly depressed. I'm still not in control of my life. And on top of that, I'm pretty isolated and powerless to do anything to change that anytime soon. So even though, you know, I'm certainly not the toiling masses, I am not the real suffering folks. However, under capitalism, nobody really gets out happy, uh, except for the rich, except for the wealthy, and except for the ruling class, you know, and this is kind of what I want to talk about, um, under a capitalist system, it becomes very difficult to dream, to imagine a better future, right? With everything that really stacks on top of us, you know, and again, I mean, I'm a white cis male, so my issues in comparison to other, you know, groups of people is not the same. It's it's a different experience than you have like we have to understand that and so to figure that even I am someone who has to deal with this depression even I am someone who has zero control over their life you know it becomes it becomes very telling that something needs to change because none of us have hope um even a lot of us on the left who you know, are calling for revolution, are calling for environmental and ecological justice, um, who are calling for a restructuring, a reorganization of society. A lot of us don't always believe that that is going to happen. And there's no, you know what I mean? There's no guarantee that it will. Um, But we have to we have to try to as best we can begin to dig ourselves out of the holes that we are you know kind of sitting in and suffering from um because unfortunately we do not have the allotted time to each focus solely on our individual trauma um i'm reading this book again <clears throat> called the red deal um, indigenous Action to Save Our Earth, which was written by the Red Nation and Common Notions. You should go check that out. Um, but there is a chapter, and I can't remember the actual name of the chapter, but they're talking about individual trauma versus collective trauma. Um, I don't know if those are the exact words they use, but that's kind of the comparison that they're making. And they're trying to express the point that, like, Building a movement based on trauma and building a movement based on individual trauma especially is almost incapable of doing what it is that we communists and Marxists feel is necessary to actually impact the material conditions and change them for the better. If you are building a movement based off of the kind of awful experience that is trauma, it is very difficult to get people who start from such a low place 
to be able to hope for a better future when you feed that fire, you know? And that's not to say that we should ignore trauma. Like, obviously, that's the, that's the whole opposite of what we're trying to do here. But we have to build movements of resistance. We have to build movements and organizations based on hope, based on a belief in the future, and especially based on a belief of the people, a belief in the people, because ultimately that is where our strength and our revolution will come from. But so many of us have been so hurt by capitalism, by colonialism, by imperialism, and especially by fascism. Um, We all have had to experience life in this awful hellhole, and many of us have had to endure some pretty genuinely terrible things. Um, There are people in the world right now who don't have a guarantee for drinking water. There are people in the world right now who are watching as the the houses they you know the places they've built as a home their kind of uh geographical area where they grew up kind of everything that they know is either being burned you know just absolutely consumed with fire on the west coast in greece in turkey uh it's being consumed by uh you know, hurricanes, it's being destroyed by earthquakes and tornadoes. There are people who never get to have a home, who have to rove around the world going from bench to curb to overhang to houseless shelter. There are folks who are born, you know, with disabilities in a world which makes them disabled. Because we have to understand, you know, real quick, It is only possible to be disabled in a world which does not advocate for and kind of build resources for those of us who are born without the same abilities. Um, Disability is ultimately a social construct in the sense that if someone is born differently, they should not have to just experience life with the inability to do things that everyone else around them can do. There's so much science and technology to go around that there should be absolutely no reason why disabled folks have to live such oppressed and uh, kind of lonely lives. There's no reason why this should be the case other than just pure lack of profit motive. Um, But I'm getting off track here. You know, a lot of us suffer some pretty shit-ass trauma. A lot of us are really fucked up from the world from living um whether that is you know a b c or d there's not there's not one person that i've met that does not have trauma but here's the way that we don't want to do kind of we don't want to take that um just kind of building small groups to correct individual implications of you know, kind of trauma. We don't want to focus our attention on our own self-healing 
for the sake of sacrificing the healing of others. We do not want to structure any kind of organization based solely off of trauma kind of... I don't want to say trauma porn, but that's really the word that makes the most sense. You know, we don't want to just make people reminded of not only their own trauma, but the trauma that other experiences and hope that's going to, on its own, be able to build a militant and uh, hopeful movement or organization. You know, you're going to burn people out. You're going to, you're just going to depress them. And it's important that we know how to play the middle line on that. Because again, that doesn't mean we ignore our trauma. That doesn't mean we ignore trauma. Um, We just need to learn that the ways in which capitalism tries to tell us that we need to heal or self-care are not, you know, they're not doing anything because ultimately they're not solving the problem. You know, a great way to build uh, a self-care movement would be to build a mass movement to fight off environmental crimes and fight for environmental justice by taking over, by eliminating, and by eradicating the companies by which this environmental crisis has been created. Those companies have names. Those companies, workers, uh, or I should say, honestly, those companies, owners, those companies, board of directors, they all have names. They all have addresses. Um, and on top of that, you know, we got to understand that you and I can't show up to Exxon Mobil's headquarters and expect that, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to beat some sense into this guy, or I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking tell them exactly what it is they need to do. Um, because, yo, that's not how this works. Um, however, if you take that approach with a million people, and I know that's reaching, right? That's a lot of people. Um, But in India, in November of last year, they had a movement of over 150 million. So I actually believe it was 250 million. So a million is definitely possible in a country of 336 million, aka the United States. If we pulled some shit like that with a million people, if we came together and we were like, listen, I'm hurting, you're hurting, Your land is being destroyed. My home is being destroyed. Our, you know, friends, family, loved ones are losing their lives, you know. And then we have to also, again, remember, we want to look outside of ourselves. We want to be like, listen, what's happening in Minnesota with the Line 3 pipeline? What's happening in the Navajo Nation with all the different uh, resource extraction that goes on there? Um, what's happening to indigenous people all over the world is the most intense and most direct assault of, you know, kind of environmental or eco-terrorism. Um, there are entire governments, entire corporations which exist and act solely to extract resources, to produce oil to make money, to make a profit, and they are willing to destroy the earth to do it. 
Now, those groups of people are not going to be the groups of people you can turn to and say, hey, listen, I know you really like making your money, but how about instead we don't do this and we build completely uh, eco-friendly, and I don't mean green in the sense of let me go mine cobalt in the Congo and let me go mine lithium in Bolivia. I mean giving these countries and the world the ability to decide for itself how that we are going to begin combating the destruction that the fossil fuel industry and other incredibly terrible extractive uh, resource practices have destroyed the earth. And we have to reckon with how we are going to fix those problems. And it certainly will not or should not involve any of the CEOs or corporations which have led to the destruction of this earth. Nor <clears throat> should we be expecting that the power structures which are in place will ever, 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 ever stop or tell those folks who are actually doing the mining and shit like that. It won't, they won't tell them to stop either because Here's, here's this great thing. Okay. For 500 plus years, we have been destroying the earth by mining the resources of regions which are not ours. And by ours, I mean white people. I mean white Europeans, right? Because unfortunately, I am white. Um, the situ- and Okay, real quick. I say that because fuck white people. Not because, oh, woe is me. I'm a white person. I hope that makes sense. Um, White folks, white Europeans have been destroying the earth for over 500 years, right? Um, This is not something that is Donald Trump's fault or Joe Biden's fault. This isn't something that is Trudeau's fault. This isn't something that is Angela Merkel's fault. This is something that is class society's fault. We have to take it to its most logical point of beginning, right? As class society developed, you have a group of people which is wholeheartedly in power of society. They have the guns. They write the laws. They're the government officials. They're the military, right? So when these groups of people, this ruling class, has dominated the earth, for over 500 years. There should be no confusion in any of our minds about what needs to be done. There should be zero confusion about the fact that our government, the Canadian government, the German government, the government in the Netherlands and Switzerland and Poland, Belgium, all these countries which are actively right now producing the, uh, or, or excuse me, kind of perpetuating the extractive resources uh, uh, practice. They are the ones who are continuing to destroy the earth. They are the ones who are continuing to kill land protectors, water protectors, activists. They are the ones who are arresting us for protesting the pipelines. They are the ones who are shooting us dead in the street for going out and demanding an end to police violence. They are the ones who are causing these problems. 
And we know the ones. I mean, when I say the ruling class, I mean every single group of people which is involved in the control and manipulation of the way in which society exists and the way in which human development goes forward. That is a lot of people. And every single one of them is guilty of having participated in the destruction of the earth. Whether that has been in passive uh, practice or whether that has been explicit active practice. It doesn't matter. The earth is dying and anyone who knew that it was happening, anyone who knows that it's happening right now and is not doing their utmost to absolutely eliminate the systems which are creating these problems is guilty. Every single one of them. And when I say working towards eliminating these problems, I mean evicting and evoking any power from ExxonMobil. I mean completely sinking and destroying everything that the Bill Gates Foundation has ever built. I mean taking down governments across the world which are participating and actively funding the extraction and destruction of the earth all over the world. I mean action. I don't mean words. I don't mean laws. I don't mean protests. I don't mean demonstrations. I don't mean nonviolent movements. I don't mean marches on Washington. I mean action. If you want to take down the problems, the different groups which are actively adding to and creating the problems which are destroying the earth, you have to actually take them down. And we were talking earlier about, you know, despair. We were talking earlier about the lack of hope, the inability to kind of look forward in the future and feel hopeful. This is when that can't be. This is when we have to start combating that. We have to start working on that. We have to start building hope. We have to start building any kind of belief in the future. We have to start combating the trauma which is being created in the world by actively defeating the things which are leading to that trauma. By defeating, I mean finito, taking them off the earth, completely eliminating the things which are leading to these issues. Um, You know, I cannot say that communists or leftists in general are pro-violence. No one should be pro-violence, but we are pro-self-defense. And I'll tell you what, not only us, but our mother earth is being killed right now, and we better start working on some self-defense. All I really have left to say is this. Um, If you are in despair, if you are feeling depressed, please reach out to me. Talk to me for whatever reason. Hit me up and say, how are you? Hit me up and say, whatever i'm fucking depressed and the earth is dying and i don't know what to do about it um but yeah man we got to start getting together and we together the collective the working class the proletariat those of us who do not own the means of production that is billions of people we have to get together and we got to take down capitalism like eliminate it overthrow it kill it burn it break it up and throw it in a million different pieces all over and burn those pieces too. And then we got to come back, right? And we, as the dictatorship of the proletariat, which we've talked about before, but if you want to learn more about, 
Uh, there's some episode that's called Dictatorship of the Proletariat in my episodes list, but you can look up other people. You know, I think other folks do a great job of explaining things better than I do. So, you know, don't always take my word on things. Um, but through the installation of the Dictatorship of the Proletariat, we are able to concentrate power. You know, we eliminate the groups of people who are in power by taking their power away, but they, they don't go anywhere. They don't just disappear and there's a lot of them who are going to want to come back and try to take that power back from us. And we can't let that happen. But it's not going to be so simple as defending ourselves individually. We have to concentrate the power in new fields of, you know, kind of uh, rule in new forms and essences of rule. Because when you hear folks say that communism is red fascism or it's statism or, you know, the dictatorship of the proletariat is just yet another form of a ruling class. There's a context here. When you eliminate capitalism and colonialism and imperialism, as well as eliminating the bourgeois rule of the ruling class, you take away any, any reason to be quote-unquote authoritarian. Because now, if you've actually installed a true dictatorship of the proletariat, it's the people in charge. It's the people organized into different, you know, uh, co not coalitions. The words I want to use are collectives. It's the groups of people uh, formed into different, uh, like the people's army. Uh, it's groups of people, the actual suffering masses, the toiling people themselves, given the power which has been taken from them their entire existence. And if we're able to do that, we can conciliate and concentrate power. We can get organized. We can get on the same page. We can get militant. We can get disciplined. And we can get ready for the attempts, the onslaughts, the hordes that are going to come. Um, they got drones. They got nukes. They got all kinds of shit. I can't expect that if we try to do a revolution that it's not going to be the largest reaction and the worst civil war that has ever existed in the world. That's just... It, especially a true world proletarian revolution if that were to take place and uh i sure hope it will but if you're still listening to this thank you very much i appreciate you um if we are you know working towards this we have a real ability to change the world so we have to work towards eliminating capitalism overthrowing the bourgeois ruling class and installing the dictatorship of the proletariat I mean, I, I know a lot of people have their hesitancies, um, and, you know, that's fine. I'm not here to shit on anyone, but listen, if you got your hesitancies, if you don't think uh, the dictatorship of the proletariat is anything different than the capitalist ruling class, then, you know, my friend, I really wish you well, um, because there's no other options. Um, I think a lot of people get it mixed up in their head that we can just do whatever we want, whatever sounds great. Um, you know, Marxism took the time to look at the historical developments throughout all of history, the ways in which power shifted, the ways in which human development pro progressed forward. And they saw through that kind of study that it is through the concentration of power and the organization of power that things are able to be changed. It wasn't until the capitalists, the bourgeoisie, was able to concentrate their power over the feudal lords, the kings and queens, the different, you know, uh, massive colonial powers. It wasn't until they were able to organize themselves 
and discipline themselves until they were able to fully take control of the ruling class spot and overthrow the groups which came before them. But what we are doing is wholeheartedly different than what anyone's done before because this has always been just a cycling of power, right? It's been this group in charge and then this group in charge and then this group in charge and then this group in charge. And it's always a minority of the population. It's always an oppressive rule of the minority over the majority. And we can't stand for that anymore. What the dictatorship of the proletariat is is wholeheartedly different because rather than being the rule of the few over the many, it is the rule of the many over the few. We are putting the world on its head, taking the oppressed masses and making them the oppressors of the dictatorial, the terroristic, the abusive, and the absolute oppressive rule of our current ruling class uh, uh, elite. You know, and sure, that might seem a little bit quote unquote evil or bad, but listen, there's no morality in revolution. There's no morality that we can have when hundreds of thousands of people all over the world are dying each day from COVID because our ruling class powers have no interest in taking the steps and initiatives to actually eliminate the virus from the planet because that would. Uh, cause them to have to take a moment to pause their profit motive and work towards the actual betterment of the people themselves. Here's the deal, because, you know, a lot of people don't want to understand this for a lot of different reasons, but when you have something that is this different, when you have something that is working towards a different goal, um, it, it's not so simplistic as to try to view it uh, from our perspective now under a capitalist system because our understanding of such a thing like the dictatorship of the proletariat is so minuscule so if you don't want to go read uh you know marx's the civil war in france if you don't want to go read lenin's on the paris commune if you don't want to go listen to folks talk about why the russian revolution was able to succeed in ways that many revolutions before it uh, we're never able to succeed, then, you know, this is kind of, this is something that I can't really help because ultimately this is, this is something that I can't force anybody to learn on their own. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't make you learn this shit. But if, if you refuse to learn it, then I refuse to listen to your bullshit arguments against it. Um, because I mean, a lot of us folks, want to argue like we know what the fuck we're talking about and we don't so yeah that's all i gotta say for today um but if we have the dictatorship of the proletariat we're in power and we get to take away uh the ability for these oppressive regimes to keep destroying the earth so that's that's something cool that could happen that we you know refuse to do because we have no understanding of something but anywho again thanks for listening thanks for coming by um I hope this episode was not too depressing for folks. Um, I tried to turn it into something to, you know, be hopeful for. Um, I know that the despair and the sadness doesn't really just go away. Um, but again, if anybody for whatever reason wants to reach out, please feel free to. 
You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. You can reach out to me on any of those uh, sources there. You can also hit me up at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. No caps or no spaces there. And uh, I'm going to try to get back into blogging because I haven't been writing much. Um, So you can find that, which is kind of like my podcast, but in written version. Uh, You can find that at for liberation, again, no caps or spaces, dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash website. Um, Thank you so much for listening, folks. It means the world. Have a great rest of your day. Again, if you need to, please feel free to reach out. Always remember that there are people who are there for us. There are people who care about us. Don't you know, self-isolate and try to feel these feelings alone, reach out, you know, reach out to your friends, reach out to your loved ones and, and try to build anything that can resemble a hope for the future. Because at this point, that is exactly what we need. Um, and there is hope to be had in the future. Uh, we just need to show people that. So again, thank you for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day, evening, afternoon, whatever it is for you. And we will see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Peace.